Hello and welcome in to the first episode of season two of The Hard Foul. I'm your host, intern Joe Machika, hosting with me this year, um, new, fresh, full-time, as always, the one, the only Jack Veltry. Jack, how are we doing? You excited for basketball season? I'm glad it's back, man. The football is a little on and off this year, but uh, having basketball back and starting getting off to a good start is definitely nice to see. Yeah. Absolutely. As Jack referenced, South Carolina men's hoops 1-0, as well as the women's basketball team also 1-0, defeating Notre Dame in Paris. But the men's team defeating USC Upstate by a score of 82-53 this week. Lamont got his guys going early at home. So this week, to start off the season, we brought in the big guns. Um, none other. Fellow company men, also a USC graduate, and your favorite insider's favorite insider, the one, the only, Jamie Shaw. Jamie, how are we doing, big dog? Joe, I'm good, man. Jack, I hope you're doing well as well. Uh, thank you all guys for having me on. And, uh, yeah, excited basketball season's here. Last night was a good yeah. night. It was. Yeah, absolutely. Jack, you were there. Um, Jamie, I'm sure you watched a little bit of it or caught some of the game. What are your guys' initial thoughts from win number one of this campaign last night? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start real quick, and then I'll we can have Jamie talk about it. But, yeah, South Carolina got off to a good start, won by 29 points, uh, in pretty convincing fashion over USC Upstate. Um, the game was a little close in there in the first half. I think Upstate cut the lead to maybe six at one point. Uh, but then South Carolina just started shooting threes, and they were falling. I think they went 12 to 20 from three. And they were, they were able to take over in the second half, and it really wasn't a close game after that. So definitely a big win. Um, all your guys really got in and got to shine a little bit. You had four starters uh, hit double digits in the uh, point category. And then, um, yeah, you're able to play really well defensively and then roll away to a victory before heading to Charlotte to face Virginia Tech on Friday. So good way to start off the year. Yeah, so looking at this again, I mean, it's 1-0 right now, year two of the Lamont Paris era. That's always good. Every win's a good thing. Uh, and kind of looking at the box score after the game, there are three categories that I was kind of looking at with this Lamont Paris team as to, as to if, I, if they can kind of hold serve in those categories and those stats, this team could, could be pretty decent. Um, that's three-point shooting percentage. That's rebounding margin. And that's the opposition team's field goal percentage. So in last night's game, you look at it, they shot 55 or 54.5%, I believe, from three on 22 attempts. Um, mm -hmm. They out-rebounded USC Upstate by almost 20, um, if not 20 rebounds, and then they held USC Upstate to about 35% shooting from the field. I think in those three categories, if this Lamont Paris team is able to hold serve, shooting the ball well from three, keeping the other team obviously from making shots, and then out-rebounding the opposition, I think this team could end up being – um, you know, live up to having some success um, throughout the season. And, and they were able to do that last night, even though that they had more turnovers than the other team. Um, the other team had more uh, possessions and ended in shots um, than the other team. These three categories, I think, um, are, could be crucial for um, this team moving forward this year. And, and they, they showed last night with success. Yeah, yeah 
Absolutely. I love both of those takes, guys. I was also impressed, and I agree, Jamie. I think any win is a win here, especially um, as early as you are in the Lamont Paris era, um, trying to get this program off the ground the way you know it was from the tail end of the Frank Martin era and just the way that this program has been. I think any win is really a win here. Um, and I love, you know, breaking it down to those three points because I think that that's really the identity of all of Lamont's teams. And last night they, they were able to get it done um, in just about every area. Um, 29 point win. It's pretty convincing. Um, it's good to get it done in front of your home fans. The student section showed up, showed out. I think Jack, you pointed that out. Um, but, you know, very good win to start off the season. Obviously, you've got a very big test coming up on Friday. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, yeah. Good, good start all around. Um, so kind of getting into it, too. Um, obviously, the season is still fresh, but since this will be a weekly show, we'll do quick little players of the week because, um, you know, sometimes from the weekend, week, depending on, you know, how many times they play before the show. But um, I'll start – or, Jack, do you want to go first for your players, I guess, player yeah. slash players of the week? Sure, yeah. My player of – well, I guess there's only been one game, so player of the game yeah. technically um, will be Michi Johnson. He so last week when South Carolina played Wofford in its exhibition game, um, you know, Meech, everyone coming into the season figured, okay, Michi's gonna be shooting the ball a ton. He took a lot of shots last year, even with Gigi Jackson there and other guys like that. But this year, you know, the shots are gonna be spread around a little more. And I don't think Michi will be taking a ton, like as many shots as he probably did last year, but he'll still take a good bit. So, anyway, last week against Wofford, he went 0 for 8 from uh, the field. Only at two points, uh, which came in like the final minutes of the game um, at the free throw line. So not the type of performance you want, but it's an exhibition game. So honestly, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. The real games count, and he showed up uh, last night. I think he went five of eight from uh, from shooting and uh, had 15 points, which was a game high. And like I said before, you had four starters, um, all of which have been transfers, um, scoring the double digits. So. Definitely a nice bounce-back performance from him. And another thing with him, you know, it's not just the three-point shooting he was doing well. He was driving to the basket, taking the hard way to get to get his points. And he got fouled most of the time and had to go to the line. But every now and then he'd drive up to the rim and hit a nice layup or two. So definitely good to see him doing that. That's something that was kind of missing from his game last year. And it'll be big to see him uh, be kind of versatile this year. For me, um, I thought uh, Taylon Cooper, looking at what he means to this team coming in, uh, what his performance showed last night, I thought was paramount for going to need that consistently as this team moves forward. What he does is he brings a confident ball handler, somebody who takes care of possessions and makes good decisions on the floor and allows Michi Johnson to play off the ball. Um, I think Michi showed that he's better served in winning basketball games playing off the ball and not making decisions, just kind of opening opening the floor up and going to get his shots. Um, Taylon Cooper coming onto the team allowed a steady presence there. He's also got good size at six foot three or so, good length. Um, he's got experience. And, you know, he was previously among the nation's leaders and assisted turnover uh, while at Moorhead State, went to Minnesota last year and had some success there as well. Um, last night, I believe he had 15 points uh, and only one turnover. Um, so he took care of the possessions. He was able to finish his own stuff, and he also rebounded the basketball from the guard position. That's something that's going to be interesting with this team as well. Um, I think B.J. Mack, um, it, you know, what, five rebounds a game, five and a half rebounds a game last year. Stephen Clark, undersized center for the um, uh, for the SEC. So getting rebounding from your guard position 
uh, is going to be big in, in order to withstand um, some of these games moving forward. Taylon Cooper came in and he established kind of a physical presence. He established the ability to take care of the basketball and he was able to score his own buckets as well. Um, I think uh, with what is expected of him and what is needed of him and then how it looked like he performed um, is, is going to be a lot toward the success of this team as they move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie, I love everything you just said, Jack, as well. Um, Taylon Cooper's my guy as well, my player to watch or player of the game, at least. Um, Jamie, I, I also agree. I think the, the rebounding numbers is what stuck out to me. Um, and as weak as you are at center at the center position, obviously you got B.J. Mack, you've got Josh Gray. But this team lacked last year exactly what Talon Cooper brings to the table, a veteran presence who can handle the ball and can also hoop, go get a couple buckets for himself like he proved last night. Um, but, yeah, Michi Johnson helps out with him a lot off ball, um, lets him just kind of get in a groove and figure out shooting instead of having to facilitate and, and run the offense. Um, allows Michi to kind of get into a groove, feel like himself a little bit. So I think Talon Cooper is going to be huge, was huge last night and is going to be huge for the success of this team going forward because he is a veteran, played at Moorhead State, then in Minnesota. And, I mean, he's a Roebuck, South Carolina native, so he's back home. Um, you know, so that's another good thing. But he'll, he's going to be key into the consistency of this team going forward, I think, because if, you know, your veteran guard is playing with a lot of consistency, a lot of the team feeds off of that. And last year was – a lot of ups and downs for a bunch of reasons. And I mean, it was Lamont's first season as well. Um, so a lot can go wrong and a lot can go up and down in, in a year like that. So having a guy like Talon Cooper at the helm to be able to run the point, also to be able to rebound, help out inside, which is an area you missed a lot of last year. I think that's huge. Uh, but yeah, guys, looking forward to doing that every week. Players slash player of the week. Quickly, um, before we kind of get to a recruiting update, because Jamie is the man, like I said, he's your favorite insider's favorite insider, has all the scoops on the recruiting side of things for basketball. But looking ahead, guys, um, what, have, what are your some some of your concern areas for this team going forward? And then also, what are you guys seeing from Vatak? Yeah, Jamie, I actually have a question for you real quick. You kind of mentioned the size of South Carolina with Stephen Clark and guys like that. Personally, I think this is – a smaller lineup they're playing. Obviously, BJ Max six seven, uh, but then Stephen Clark is your center. I don't know if that is an ideal fit. I mean, you could put Josh Gray in there, but how do you feel? My my question is, how do you kind of feel about the lineup so far? And do you feel like the smaller size they have is like going to be like detrimental to them? Or well, so. That kind of feeds into two of the metrics that I'll, you know, at the beginning when I said you look at the three-point shooting, you look at what they hold the opposition to field goal percentage-wise, and you look at the rebounding numbers. Um, I think I think they're going to have to rebound the basketball, and that's going to be a big question mark moving forward. You look at the size, um, especially once you get into SEC play, um, you know, you look at the size of what these other guys bring, the Janai Brooms, the Tolu Smiths, um, the Micah Hangleton uh, at Florida. Um, you know, once Kentucky gets their three bigs back, you know, they have three seven footers on the bench right now. Um, you know, once they once you get into SEC play, there's a lot of size. There's only a lot of talented size. Rebounding is going to be huge for this team. Um, rebounding also is one of the skills that's not about size. It's about heart. It's about positioning. It's about doing your work early and not being afraid to get a little, little nasty in there and, and going to get the ball. Um, Rebounding is going to be huge for this team, being able to both extend possessions on the offensive end of the floor and end possessions on the defensive end of the floor. So when it comes to the size, yeah, that's that's a huge question. I mean, you just look at this team on paper. You see, you see, um, 
you see that not only is it height size, but it's also, you know, girth size and Stephen Clark's uh, uh, way. Um, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the four and five play out. But you can also do some creative things as well, bringing in like a Zach Davis and use the athleticism, really be able to spread the floor, stretch the floor um, and, and press and, and do some creative defensive things with that. Also do some initiation stuff with uh, with Zach as well on the offensive end. Um, Lamont has tools at his disposal this year that he did not have in year one. Uh, he's got a depth of players that are kind of equal talent wise, but can give different looks. As you mentioned, Josh Gray, Josh Gray and Stephen Clark talent wise, similar playing field, but you give a, you give a different look between, you know, 6'11", 260 and six foot eight, whatever Stephen Clark is. What is he like? 215, 220 maybe um, if that. Um, so, you know, you, you just, you just have different similar skills, guys that are similarly talented, with different skill sets that you can give looks to on the floor and, and play matchups and, and all that type of stuff. So to answer your question, Jack, the size thing is a question mark. That is something that you, um, you, you come into a game, you know, when you're singing the national anthem before the game or whatnot, you look across, you know, the, the heads of every player going across, it's going to be skewed one way. Uh, most games that they play in. Um, so, That'll be that. That's why rebounding is going to be such a huge thing that you continue to watch this year. If they're able to establish the rebounding, um, then uh, it'll mitigate the size issues. Yeah, I think that's very, uh, very true point. Um, that's just something that's kind of worried me a little bit in the long run is that the size, because obviously, like you said, in the SEC, there's going to be teams that have those seven footers, and I mean. I don't know. I mean, what do you do in that situation? But that's a later problem. One thing I will say about Friday, though, is probably just how sustainable is it to have that kind of three-point shooting that they had the other night? Because, I mean, they went 12 of, I think, 20-something from three. And, I mean, look, we know it. This team's identity is three-point shooting at the end of the day. When they're hitting, they're pro they're, they honestly have, should have teams on upset alert. But when they're not hitting, it's could be like a 30-, 40-point loss. So, that's something that kind of worries me. I mean, you definitely have a lot more guys this year that are capable of hitting those shots. It's not just a one-man show kind of like last year. You have BJ Mack, um, Tillon Cooper, guys like that, like you said, that can definitely do those sorts of things and take over a game if someone uh, just isn't playing on their A game. That's kind of the thing Lamont has stressed so far this season is that there are guys even on the bench that bring a lot of energy but they can also shoot the ball like a Zach Davis or Jacoby Wright. So that's something that I'm a little worried about to see because when they're on, they're on. But when they're off, it can get real ugly. So, yeah, that, that'll be a big question heading to Friday. Well, it'll be interesting, too, to see the matchup because Mike Young plays that kind of same way. They like, they like to move the ball around. They have multiple guys that can knock down shots and hit threes um, to, to beat you as well. Um, so, you know, both of them, Lamont and Mike Young coming from the SoCon. Mike was at uh, Wofford previously and then um, UT Chattanooga with, with, with Lamont Paris. So they're familiar with one another. They know, they know one another's games and they're kind of similar. So it'll be interesting to see which team is able to establish that identity better than the other one. Um, I think we'll go a long way on, uh, uh, on, on uh, whenever the game is, the next game uh, against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech also just lost um, – you know, recently in the next couple of weeks, last couple of weeks, one of their best players in Rodney Rice. Um, so having MJ Collins step in, it looks like in there, in his absence at the shooting guard position, who started multiple games for them last year. He's a sophomore now from uh, 
originally. I think he's from Clover, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but MJ Collins uh, stepping into that role. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Virginia Tech team looks like uh, coming out. It'll be interesting to see who's able to establish that identity, who's able to make more shots, who, who's able to keep the opposition from making more shots as well uh, in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie, uh, just out of curiosity, do you, does the neutral site have anything to do? Like, does that mess you up at all as a player? Does that change anything? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, no, I don't, I don't think a neutral site does. Obviously playing on the road, a true road game does. Playing yeah. at home affects things. But playing at a neutral site, especially since Blacksburg, I mean, Columbia is closer to Charlotte than Blacksburg is, but uh, yeah. Virginia Tech fans travel pretty good as well. So um, I, you know, I don't know that a neutral site necessarily will hurt or help as long as they get in, they get some shots up, they get the depth perception right with the backboard, obviously, to see, uh, you know, just, just the feel of the court and stuff, get the bounce of the ball and all that. Um, you know, it shouldn't have that much of an effect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, since you are a recruiting guy, we can get into this real quickly before we get you plugging stuff and get your final thoughts. But um, how is South Carolina looking recruiting wise? I know um, this next cycle just opened up for 2025s, but how are they looking in 2024? And um, what does the 2025 class look like um, if, if there is anything for it? So uh, the expectation is to have two guys sign uh, during the upcoming November 8th through November 15th is the early signing period. Uh, the, the expectation for South Carolina to have two guys sign, Trent Noah out of Harlan County in Kentucky, and then uh, Oku Federico uh, out of Finland, uh, Omni Academy, I believe, in Finland. Um, they're two different players, but both of them kind of show the direction that Lamont Paris has seemed to want to go in uh, in the recruiting side of things. Trent uh, Noah is more of a high floor type of guy. You kind of know what you're getting from him. Um, He's a, he's a high processor of the game. He's also a very adept shooter of the game. He's got some toughness to him. Uh, he's a guy that you could come in. He can be at six foot six, strong frame. He can do multiple things on the floor, um, but he can make reads. Uh, he's able to have the ball in his hand and make a decision. He's able to knock down shots, um, both off one, two dribbles, as well as off the catch. Um, he's a high scoring guy. Uh, he's been playing varsity basketball since seventh grade uh, in Kentucky. Um, and, and he's just kind of a guy that, you know what you're going to get out of them. Uh, I believe that right now we have them ranked 140-ish, 141, uh, and the on three, 150. Uh, Federico is on the other spectrum of things to where he's more of an upside guy. He's a guy that has a projectable frame. He's a guy that has good length um, and moves very well, but is somebody that, you know, will need to continue to add weight, that will need to continue to get up to the speed of the game um, and continue to learn his body as it grows and, and builds out. Um, you know, and, and, and Lamont Paris has shown that he wants to take both of those types of guys. Colin Murray Boyles is a high floor guy, kind of more in the Trent Noah uh, frame, but you know what you're going to get from him as he continues to develop. And then Federico is a little bit more on the Arden Conyers, Zach Davis side of things, uh, where you see the upside, you see the vision as to what they could be, what they're going to be as they continue to grow. And it shows that, uh, you know, Lamont Paris is willing to work with guys. They're willing to take guys that aren't quite there yet but willing to get it within the program that want to be at South Carolina, get in the program and grow within um, and kind of establish that identity as well. So, yeah. So uh, Oku Federico from Finland, his brother, Fetty Federico uh, is a, uh, started last year at Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. He is a fluid forward, a wing kind of forward. He's got touch from the outside. He's able to straight line drive uh, from the wing as well. 
Uh, he's got the makings of somebody that has a lot of uh, good basketball in their future um, as he gets over here and, 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 you know, just plays and gets stronger and gets used uh, to the game and, and the concepts of what Lamont Paris wants to do. Uh, I believe he's in the 130, 135-ish range uh, in our uh, on three one fifty rankings as well. So two-man class, Trent Noah, Oku Federico, two players that Lamont Paris sought after that he landed, uh, that he won recruiting battles over. Um, and um, two guys that kind of fit the mold as it seems as the archetypal player that he's wanted to go after. Yeah, absolutely. That's really exciting. And you brought up Colin Murray Boyles. Obviously, he's hurt right now, but he's a guy that you have, you know, posted about in the past about having, you know, some upside and potentially making an impact for the South Carolina team. Like I said, obviously, he's sick right now. He's out with mono. But um, I guess what are you going to or what are you expecting to see from him when he finally does get healthy and get over this whole mono thing and get back into the lineup? Well, he's he's a guy who's who's always kind of produced. He's found his way into production. Um, he might not have the measurables of some other people. He might not have the, you know, extensive range of other people, but he's always found a way. He's always had an understanding of finding his way into production. Um, he was one of the most productive players last year on the NIBC, the National Interscholastic Basketball Conference, I believe is the name of it. It's a, it's a high school, it's one of the uh, high school basketball conference, the Montverde's, Oak Hills, IMG Academies of the world are in. He played at Wasatch Academy out of Utah, and uh, he was one of the most productive players in that, um, in that conference last year. Uh, double-double machine. Uh, he had, reads, reads angles really well. He knows his body well. He's got great touch. Um, and he's able to face up within 15 feet and kind of make a play. Uh, whether that be the read to kick it out to a guy as the defense collapses or whether to go to the basket, finish through contact. He's got good strength, good length. Um, he's lost, I think, 20, 25 pounds um, since the beginning of last year, and he's kept that off. Um, so he's got some athletic pop and everything too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back from mono. Obviously, as, uh, you know, as we know, mono kind of zaps your energy away and takes a little bit of your, of your strength and everything away as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back from that. Um, but, I, I know the staff has high plans and expectations for him um, this year. I don't think he was slated to start, but he was uh, he was well within the uh, plans with the possibility of earning the starting position as the season moved forward. He got more acclimated to the college game. Yeah, absolutely. Jack, you got anything else for Jamie? Yeah, I have one question just about the season. So, obviously, Jamie, you know um, South Carolina's picked last to finish in the SEC this season by media members. Um, we know Lamont disagrees with it. Uh, I don't think I don't think we've really asked the players about it yet, but I'm sure they disagree with it too. For South Carolina fans that don't feel optimistic about this year, why should they feel better about this team compared to last year's? I think what you're looking for this season is not necessarily in the wins and losses column. What you're looking for is uh, is progression and continuity within the program. What you want to see is an established identity, what this team is, what you can um, what you can expect from this team. Uh, and you want to see growth within the comfort level of each other. They have four new starters this year, uh, only returning Michi Johnson. But those four guys that are starting, uh, you have uh, Talon Cooper, Studi, uh, Stephen Clark, and B.J. Mack, they've all had individual success at the college game already. So they have seen what it's like to have success at the collegiate level, the division one level, even in Michi's and Miles's case at the highest level, um, power five basketball as well. Uh, you know, you had Clark and Mack who were both top five in scoring in the SOCON last year as well. So, but, but even with the individual success those guys have had, 
they haven't been on a team together until now. So what you want to see is continued growth from those guys, as well as the guys on the bench. You know, you want to see the guys, uh, the Zach Davises of the world, the Jacoby Wrights of the world, uh, continue to grow in their games as well. So n- not necessarily wins and losses. You know, I know I, what was it, 11 wins last year they had? Um, yeah. Even if the win total is around that, having more continuity around uh, the team, being able to be competitive, having growth game after game, playing games in, in February where they're competitive against their opponents, as well as looking like a team that has an identity, not only an identity, but a team that has um, an objective, and they're going out and getting that objective, especially on the offensive and the floor. What you want to see is these guys moving the ball around, getting to their spots, understanding what their spots are, getting the ball to the guys that are dangerous in these spots to the right people, right players, and all that type of stuff, not necessarily one-on-one basketball, uh, trying to break things down and then you know jacking up a shot at the end of the shot clock. So continued growth within the base of what this team is, continued uh, comfort with one another, and then just looking like a like a competitive basketball team in the SEC, having the look of, of of a team that's going out there with an objective and they're able to execute that objective. It might not show it's, it's year two. Lamont Paris came in with a completely different style, a completely different game plan of what Frank Martin had. So there's a weeding through the players and teaching new systems, teaching new concepts, teaching new games, bringing in new players together. These are the players that Lamont Paris wanted. He sought after these guys and and brought them into um, the roster. So this team should be a little bit of a baseline as to what is to be expected from a Lamont Paris team. As, as you see what started off in USC Upstate last night, you want to see growth. You want to see growth in December 1, January 1, February 1, as you keep going. You want to see a team that looks like they have a, a clear objective and they're playing toward that objective. Um, I think that's growth. I, I think that's growth within the program. Um, that's something that wasn't consistent last year um, in year one. Um, and with that, wins and losses, we'll see if they happen. If they don't happen, um, will they build on 11 wins? If they get to 13, 14, uh, that'd be great. But I think the 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 look of what they put on the floor um, it, it would be huge and is the biggest is the biggest uh, progression here that the team could make. Yeah, absolutely. Jack, good question. Jamie, awesome answer. I, I appreciate both of those. And that's really kind of how it should be. I mean, looking in into year two of Lamont, you really want to set your identity, play your style of basketball because you're, I mean, now you're, you're able to recruit some guys that, you know, align with your philosophy, Colin Murray Boyles being said guy or, along with that. And then also guys in the portal that play your style of basketball. So now is it's all about setting the foundation with all of that. Well, Jamie, before we get you out of here, we always like to, you know, give yourself, give our guests the floor, um, able to plug everything that's going on. What, uh, what's, what's going on in, in Jamie Shaw's world right now? Well, we got National Signing Day, uh, early signing period, November eighth through fifteenth coming up. So make sure you check out On Three, uh, www.on3.com. Uh, we'll have all the breaking news. We'll have all the latest intel um, as we get through the early signing period. Uh, we just dropped 2024 rankings as well this um, earlier this week. Um, so, you know, the update there um, as well. So make sure you check it out uh, on3.com. We got on3recruits on Twitter, on3 um, on Instagram. Uh, my stuff is Jamie Shaw5 uh, on Twitter. So make sure you give that a follow um, and go as well. 
Um, but yeah, no, basketball season is just getting kickstarted. So we got, we got college hoops, we got high school hoops, we got recruiting, uh, we got the upcoming 2025 class, um, as well. So a lot of stuff happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned to Jamie's Twitter. He covers it all. He is the best. Jamie, we appreciate you coming on today. Wish you the best of luck for the rest of basketball season and looking forward to having you on here pretty soon. Joe, Jack, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And uh, keep doing a great job over there at uh, Gamecock Central. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie. And that will do it for us here. Um, episode one of The Hard Foul. I'm your host, intern Joe Machica. As always, my co-host, Jack Veltri. Um, you can watch this episode. will go live or Wednesday nights at 7. Like I said, we will do this thing live next week. And then if we have an interview, we will put it in the middle or – Hopefully have an interview during the show live on Wednesdays as well. But for episode one, wanted to give you the best of the best. Get you Jamie Shaw for this week one episode. But that'll do it for us. Um, as always, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next week. Thank you.